I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. External headphone, default, microphone, road. Can you guys hear me? Can anyone hear me? Can any of the six viewers hear me? Can someone type in and be like, yeah, I hear you. Because without a guest, I can't tell if you can hear me. Uh, people say the craziest thing in the comments. I can't believe you don't have the audio figured out by now. It's not like that. It's not like that. I wish it was that easy. I wish it was just that easy. Default external headphones. Yes, Katie Ritz, thank you. This morning we have Tyler Fisher as a guest. Katie, you, you actually started the show with that, yep. We have Tyler Fisher as a guest. I don't know if you guys have seen him. Does my voice sound funny? It's 7 a.m. in California. I've been up since 6. I've only said a couple sentences before the show started. Like uh, I saw my son like walking through the house. He got up, took a pee. I gave him a hug and told him I loved him. He asked me if I'd go back to sleep with him. I said, nah, I got to do podcast, podcast. But Tyler Fisher is supposed to be here. He is a comedian. I, I, I mean, he's a dude. He's a guy who lives on earth. Um, he makes a lot of jokes about being 5'3", 115 pounds. And so I don't know how I came across him. I guess the algorithm and Instagram thought it was cool to show him to me. It's weird how the algorithm and Instagram works. On one hand, they ban me for just saying stuff about this situation that the planet's in right now, that the idiots who are on board, who live on this planet, have put us in. And I mean idiots. But, but yet they ban me, and yet they bring me people like Tyler on a daily basis. It's so weird how the algorithm works. They just want to show me buff dudes, um, women who have um, had like plastic stuffed into their underneath their skin with these giant, um, like their skin's been stretched out. They call them fake boobs and wearing tiny little bathing suits. They want to show me those buff dudes and then people just t talking the truth about um, about the current situation. But you would think they would just ban all those people. I want to read you something. I wanted to go on Instagram uh, live this morning, and I've been banned from that. They won't let me. And it's so interesting because you can go to and read the, the community guidelines. And these are these are the community guidelines on Instagram. Listen to this. this it's, it's fucking remarkable. We want Instagram to continue to be an authentic and safe place for inspiration and expression. I mean, that is a – that isn't – that is just a lie. <laughs> that that's that's a lie. You you would get banned if you went to the CDC website and read the data about um, deaths from um, viruses and from injections. If if you just read just the data, you 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 will get shadow banned. You will have that pulled down. There's nothing authentic. There's nothing authentic or safe about this platform. There's nothing. I've had fifty fifty. Posts reported when my boys are working out as child pornography, and yet that we all know that there's crazy pornographic esque shit on Instagram. It's fucking nuts. It's absolutely fucking nuts. Okay, so then the next sentence is help us foster this community. You shut the fuck up. And by the way, if you want to see something really crazy, you want to see something like really depressing, um, go visit, uh, follow the guy who's the CEO of Instagram. You'll have your heart broken. I mean broken. 
Um, and uh, yeah, Wad Zombie, you should be pissed that you've never heard of this guy. This guy is good. Been on his Instagram all morning. I know Tyler's amazing. He is funny. I think when I requested him to come on to the show, he had sixteen thousand followers, and I looked last night, and he has forty eight thousand. Someone, someone's reposting his shit. And he's blowing up. Oh, it looks like he's trying to get on the show right now, but I don't think he can. He's probably not on the Chrome browser. Um, he uh, is he on Chrome? He's trying. That's what sucks. Occasionally, there are these guests who won't give you their phone number. That's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to ask Tyler, "Why wouldn't you give me your phone number?" And so we can't. I can't unfuck them when they're tr- having trouble getting on in real time. Because we're stuck emailing back and forth. But I'm glad he's trying. And then, and then the final sentence is, um, post only your own photos and videos and always follow the law. <laughs> Respect everyone on Instagram. Don't spam people or post nudity. I mean, th- these guys are, 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 he's downloading Chrome now. We use this software for those of you who give a shit. It's called Riverside FM. I don't know if it's good. I, I don't. I don't know if it's good. But basically, what it does is um, we record the show live on Riverside, and then thirty six later, Riverside has some sort of interface with YouTube, and it streams it to YouTube. And so most of our guests and most of the people don't know don't know anything about Riverside, and so that's why there's sometimes a hiccup. But I hear I I hear and see. Hey. We've made contact. We've made contact. Tyler, what's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. Oh, and now it's working on my computer, too. Oh, well. <laughs> Are you on your phone? <laughs> I'm on my phone and my computer. Hey. Should I shut one of them? Uh, 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 whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, probably you should shut one of them, but whatever's, whatever's most convenient for you. The All show right, can only get better. I've started off by reading the community guidelines at Instagram, so the show's got a really slow start this morning. Well, that'll take you hours to do that. <laughs> right? Aren't they yes. aren't they like yes. It's, it's well, like as, long as, play. as long as we're authentic, that's all they care about and honest. They only oh. care about authenticity and honesty. Oh my god. Tyler, did you get the list of words from my producer that you're not allowed to use this morning? I just want to make sure that we're very clear on what, what those words are. Well, first of all, uh you didn't even ask my pronouns, so I apologize. I don't know why why we're gonna skip over that. I apologize. No, I did we're, not get the list. We're new to we're new to this. We're just trying to fit in. I actually asked you don't use the word list. I I, I got that. I apologize. I, I actually had a note in here. Don't use that word. <laughs> don't look at them either. Do you use DuckDuckGo? I do sometimes. I, I think like I'm I'm just so used to. Uh, google that uh i so i think yeah i think on my laptop i do i just got a new computer so maybe i'll set it up do you is that what you use kind of wait so you uh i i heard your question i'll circle back to it you got a new computer do you know what that's a sign of uh self-care i guess i've been using an old shitty 13 inch macbook pro for like 10 years and uh my podcast would take 24 hours to uh, to export. <laughs> that is success. When I hear that you got a new computer, I just hear success. Yeah, yeah. It was a leap. You know, I got it I got it a few months ago. I didn't have the money for it. Well, I guess I did have the money for it. I um, had like just enough. 
how how I, I gave you a little bit of an introduction. The show starts live at seven a.m. That's not a dig at you, by the way. It doesn't matter. Some guests don't even show up. Um, oh. But um, I, I gave the people a little bit of background on you. It, it, it's um, the I, I don't even know what my show's about or, or what I'm doing. But basically, um, I just need to become the greatest podcaster that ever lived. And so I'm, and I'm interested in comedy and I'm interested in fighting. And I was a former executive over at CrossFit Inc. A damn good one at a media team of a hundred people working for me. I kicked ass. And then now I'm just doing podcasts super early in the morning. So the rest of the day I can spend the day with my three little boys and, and party with them, you know, go to the skate park, do jujitsu, go swimming in the ocean. I know I was, I saw some of those, uh, you're really training them hard. I need bodyguards. Uh, I saw the one uh, doing um, skating uh, at uh, what what kind of park is that? It's like all cement, but he's good. Do you skate? I do, and I hope I can find this picture. If I can't, I blew it. But you're built, I, I, you're I kind of skate. built like a, yeah, you're built like you could be an amazing skater. Yeah, I have a picture with Tony Hawk when I was about your son's age, actually. Oh shit! So if I happen to have it, I'll grab it. If not, yeah, I. Uh, Tyler, how oh, old are you? Uh, I'm 34. I found CrossFit when I was 34. Oh god, well, that's amazing. Do you work out? I don't work out. I I used to. Uh, I need to be like I need to be in. I need to be available for public humiliation. So I have to be in a class where I have so much pressure on me. I do it alone it's just like you have a nice body you should work out because it, it, i around, really need to around need this to. age it will start it won't like it'll start going downhill yeah yeah ah, sorry just threw my shoulder out getting my coffee and if you did uh, I, I i guarantee and you live in new york city yeah i'm in brooklyn if you did crossfit it would give you so much material yeah, well, I should at least go. See, I so I was obsessed with working out when I was a kid. I'm really small. I'm like five foot three and skinny, and all my friends just kept growing. You know, we were around 11, 12. I'm like, hey, where are you going? And I just stayed. So I was, um, I was obsessed with working out, and I really fucked up my body like big time. So really? I'm pretty, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was bench pressing like. 150 you know i would weigh like 90 pounds so uh i have to find it i i just need to get a trainer or some someone who can work with me because uh it did i did a lot of damage on my on my back and my shoulders and i probably tore a bunch of stuff um does it hurt when you wake up in the morning does your body hurt something hurts i don't know what <laughs> yeah <interesting. laughs> a, there's an overall hurt but i have a cup of coffee and a smoothie and it and then uh goes away yeah I, I'll, I'll throw it out like uh, uh every six months i'll i'll kink something will happen and then i can't walk for for a few days wow we're like the same person like literally like you'll just be, like taking a shit and you'll wipe your butt and then like it'll just go out or and you'll be like what the fuck i didn't even do anything like that yeah well well once once i was uh on tour i was doing a big tour for samsung and i i was jumping on the bed to celebrate you know i was in this beautiful bed and and I, and, and that's when that was the first time it happened uh and i fell to the floor and couldn't couldn't walk for a few days and then yeah every six months 
six to eight months, it'll happen for a day or two where I, I just can't move or can't move my neck. Yeah, you got to get you got to you got to tell you you got to go to a CrossFit gym and tell your trainer, "Hey, I'm I'm very very like sensitive, okay, to, to injury," and they'll get you they'll get you going. Because yeah, man, you you look like you're a healthy in shape dude, and uh, you don't want to let that erode. No, it's a, it's a, it's really hereditary. It's uh it's genetics because my brother um my brother's two years older. So we were on the same diet. We would split every meal. We were actually a great like experiment with, with, uh, with weight gain and he became obese and I cannot gain a pound. So I appear healthy, but I'm not. Oh, do you eat, do you eat a lot of sugar? Um, I eat a fair amount, but I don't drink, I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke. Um, so I allow myself a little room in the sugar area, but um, not not a ton. I don't think I try to do fruit and dried mango and stuff. Yeah, you have no stoner in you. No, I can't handle. I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm a lot closer to a Woody Woody Allen's personality than people might imagine. So uh, highly neurotic. I get I get paranoid when I smoke. Yeah, me too. I used to. I used to. I used to smoke and drink and all that. Now I can't even handle half a beer. I get tired and depressed. So I mean, it's great. It's it's great because I just don't take part in that ever. And people yeah. tr- try to buy me drinks after shows all the time, and, and I just get a seltzer or something. Yeah, I don't drink or smoke anymore either. But I didn't quit at thirty four. I quit probably like. I mean, I haven't smoked weed in I don't know twenty years. About mm-hmm. nine, but right around when this, uh, the first like three months of this, um, I don't know what the fuck you want to call it. Some people call it a COVID pandemic, but I, I know it's not that. I, at, at bare minimum, it's the response to the COVID pandemic that we're dealing with. Because, yeah. but um, yeah, I, yeah I, I drank for the first three months, like from eight a.m. to midnight, and that was fun. I enjoyed it, and then I just quit. I was like, you know what, I'm just, I'm not. Oh doing wow. This anymore. Yeah. Eight a.m. to three. But were you doing that a lot before that? No, but it was just kind of like everything came to a stop. I was hanging out at home a lot. I was just hanging out with my kids nonstop. Um, so, and so I would just wake up in the morning and crack like a kombucha and dilute it with some sparkling water and just start drinking. That would be like my breakfast. Wow. Then just, so then, and just sounds keep nice, like keep a nice buzz going all day. Yeah. It sounds like you had like a temporary binge going or something. Yeah. Just just having fun not but that's what happens that's what happens though when when uh they shut life down i mean thank god i i beat all that those habits you know and i'm in i'm in a couple 12 step programs for different things so i i like i'm like seriously are you yeah 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 i'm like i'm like what would have happened if i didn't get my life under control um when the pandemic hit like i just feel so uh so bad for people who had didn't really have a secure life before this hit and not to say my life was secure at all i i went off the deep end mentally just cuz it was like there's nothing to do and i stopped doing stand up and everything but it's just so so sad to think of those effects that no one few people talk about you know i quit drinking about 2 weeks before i lost my job of 15 years and holy shit that was good oh wow. and you didn't have a relapse no, 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 no. I'm, 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 um, I'm a steel trap. I have no, I'm, I'm like a robot. 
I'm like autistic, I'm like autistic <laughs> but not autistic. You're sociopath. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Yes, yes, maybe, maybe, maybe. But you have the good qualities. There's uh, a, yeah, there's yes. uh, you know, do you know Mark Norman, comedian Mark Norman? No, tell me. He, well, he's uh, he's a great comedian. He's really, really blown up. I mean, um, but he's he says he's autistic, but he has all the bad parts. You know, he just has the parts where it makes people uncomfortable, but he can't count the toothpicks on the ground or any of that stuff. He'll he'll be my next guest on my podcast. Oh, how check many, him out. Yeah. He's, how many he's, followers does he have? How many? Oh, followers well, probably upwards of a half a million. I mean, he fuck. I'll never get him. No, you. He does. No, you might. You might. Um, I was concerned a few weeks ago, if I saw correctly, I went and looked at your Instagram and you had like 16,000 followers. And then I think I looked yesterday and you're approaching 50,000 followers. Did I see that correctly? I think so. Yeah. Could, and, been, and what, could be Russian disinformation. Though. It could be just, it could be. And, uh, I was concerned. I was like, oh shit, he's got too many followers. He's going to flake. And you didn't share <laughs> your phone. You didn't share your phone number. Is that part of your like neurotic, uh, philosophy? No, no, my phone number is like on my web. Like fans call me and stuff. I'll have oh yeah, my phone number and my and my uh, direct email is. I don't have an agent right now, so I was like, whatever. I'll just put my my contact up there. So yeah, no, that that was. I just think maybe I forgot to. Uh, at um, so because that's usually how we um, organize the show, but mm. occasionally we'll get like a big UFC fighter, and for you a big com- big time comic, and they will refuse to give their phone number. So I thought you were I thought you were big time enough. I, you know, I find that so. Uh, did you ask for it? I don't know. The producer does all that because I'm big time. Like I don't actually oh. I don't actually let you talk to me until you give me your phone number. So sure, I was trying sure. to big time you, and then you big time me. Yeah, no, I don't think they asked for they asked for it, but I also like. I don't read directions well. I'm like, I maybe, maybe partially a friend of mine who's dyslexic just told me that she's certain I'm dyslexic. And I always thought maybe I was, but like I grew up in a different time. They didn't, they didn't give a shit about autism or dyslexia. They, they, they were so, uh, I, I can't really read well. And she like, she was watching me read. She goes, you're dyslexic. And I do like skip over words and sentences. So, it is a night nightmare sometimes when someone will email me and I'll 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 have skipped through a lot of the details. But um, do you drink a lot of coffee? Um, not a ton. I have one in the morning and maybe one in the afternoon. Because I do that if I like the first if if I'm reading and I've only had half a cup of coffee, I read every word. But by my third cup, I'm like just like skipping paragraphs and shit. <laughs> true, true. I'm not yeah. even joking. Like, <laughs> just reading the titles of the books, throwing yeah. them. Just... <laughs> um, what, what? Ha- so, uh, tell me. Tell, I'm gonna dig into you a little bit, um, to see if I still have a chance to be a comic. When, when I was a little boy, I used to watch a ton of Abbott and Costello, a ton. And then when I was, um, I, I won tickets to go see Rodney Dangerfield. I called into an AM FM, sta- uh, an AM station, KFRC six ten AM in San Francisco. I grew up okay. in the Bay Area, and I'm still in California, just outside of the Bay Area in Santa Cruz. And I won tickets to go see Rodney Dangerfield. I was probably like eleven, and my mom took me, and I became obsessed. I had the world's, I had like the world's dirtiest um, joke books. It was like a volume of ten, and my mm-hmm. dad and I would just drive everywhere, and I would just read them to him. I tons of. Um, uh, everything Rodney Dangerfield did, all Abbott and Costello, all you know Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, all those guys from when I was little. But none of the more nuanced guys that probably you know, and you probably don't even think they're nuanced because you're so steeped in it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a big Saturday Night um, uh, 
Saturday Night Live? Is that what? what Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't do any of that stuff. Um, but uh, it was the only thing I ever wanted to be when I grew up. And then about a couple years ago, I'm 49 now, and I never ever wanted to be anything else. And then about at 40, at 43, I had kids, and I just became a dad. So there was like a gap in there of 40 years where I didn't know what I wanted to do or be. And I was kind of, and I still don't really know what I want to do or be, but I am a dad. That just like, I did embody that identity. Yeah. You know what I am? I'm like, yeah. And, and I enjoy lot. it and yeah. I'm playing that role. So I just kind of want to start with, um, first, do you see, are you a comedian? Like, do you identify with that? I no, I mean, I've been ruined. I think, um, yeah, I don't, I guess I don't like uh, the, I, well, the identity thing, I guess, uh, the what I find problematic when I say I'm a comedian, then everyone puts whatever I say through comedian filter, but it's their their definition of a comedian. So you have, you know, how, well, multiply how many followers you have or family members or friends. Everything goes through that. So that so that's when I started to pull back and think I don't, you know. I just don't think it's a good idea because I, I also like I, I, I'm more dark than I am comedic. And then also those have over. So I also act and write and direct and make films and stuff. So I don't I, I don't at this point, I don't think it's useful to you to say comedian, but that's part of what I am for sure. Uh, do you do you know what you are like? Like, are you like do you identify with anything like are you just like I like think a, it's just a, a creator, wants, creator like, you know, an artist, an artist, a creator. I mean. You know, most of my most of the my time spent is me at my computer writing, you know, so it's not there's nothing funny about if you watch my life, you would just want to slit your throat because I take my dog to the park. I, you know, rehearse stuff in my head. I come back. I write. I I edit. You know, I just edited um, the sketch. I don't know if you saw with the uh, vaccine passport one. Amazing, yeah. dude. By the way, so good. Thanks, man. And, and crazy bold that you you showed us your whole Final Cut Pro timeline and just really like making people realize how miserable your job really is. Because I spent a lot of time on Adobe or Adobe. I think actually you were on Adobe and I'm like, oh, shit, he's really lifting up the curtain. He's really showing that his life isn't well, just about telling jokes and getting pussy. Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> like, you know, I discovered, um, discovered Jordan Peterson a few years back. And your you your know, your impersonation him. of that him is, is awesome. Yeah, dude. it's so good. <laughs> well, it's like you know, it's like a little Kermit the Frog, a little, and 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 it was like I I didn't have a whole lot of discipline growing up, or any actually. I had none. I dropped out of just no. You know, my parents got divorced, and then we played how, them. How 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 old were you? I was seven. Okay. Oh, that's that's kind of old. Okay. So starting at seven, I didn't. That was, hit you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um so really until I was 30, I didn't have I had no structure, I had no I mean, I was just a mess in every way. So discovering him was really like the reason anything's partially the reason anything's happened is from in implementing what I learned from him, which is like, you know, cr create a schedule, have a but make it fun. So that's what I'm doing. It's like I'm a pretty low functioning person actually. You know, I usually don't get up until 11 or 12. I don't sleep well. I, I, you know, so I, I, I'm like, if I'm going to do it, just 
schedule it out and focus, even if it's an hour a day. I only write for 30 minutes a day. But I do it every day, then... And is the neurotic part useful in that sense? Because as long as you write it down and schedule it, like I'm like that too. If I make a list, like I'm beholden to it. Like if I'm doing items one through five and then all of a sudden I have to pee, I can't pee until I've done items one through five because it's item six now. Like, is it like that for you? Like, do you become like just obsessed? Oh shit, I have to... It's not that bad because I, I really was coming from zero discipline or zero, you know, accountability. So it's not quite that bad. I mean, I really have to, I had to get something notarized. Uh, and I had to work with my therapist for like three weeks to, to get it done. I mean, that's how many hurdles I have just, you know, in many ways with, with um, anything that feels like work or, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, or, or authority or any of that stuff. I've so you know, so I I had to sit down and like cut it into like twenty little steps, and and it took yeah probably three weeks. You need a wife. Yeah, that's 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 uh, on my list for sure. If you get a wife, they start like doing cool shit, like they socialize you and they structure your life. Yeah. Or like if your car needs to be registered, like, and it's been sitting on your desk for like two months, they'll just walk by and do that shit. Yeah. So like, you want to see, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, my yeah. mind. Oh shit. Oh shit. That's my mind. And that's not, I don't use that desk. So like I have three desks. I have, I have the one I filmed my podcast at there. And then I have my, my, this is where I sit most of the day. And then this is, this is the, this is like my mind that I can't like, and I'll clean that off. That'll be clean. And then a week later, it looks like that. So, um, I, I've hired professional organizers to come over and, and force me to throw stuff out. I, um, I don't, I, I couldn't do a therapist, because by the way, the fact that you got something notarized and you have a new computer makes me think that like you really are on the trajectory of success. Those like, yeah. like cor- correlates to success for me. But, um, <laughs> I, I don't, don't you feel like you're wasting money paying a therapist? Oh, I'm on Medicaid. I don't pay for it. Oh, well, congratulations. So you're using the resources that are, that come to you. But also, no, I, I wouldn't, you know, for instance, the, the thing I was notarizing was, uh, uh, a refund. I, I threatened a, I threatened a lawsuit to an orthodontist who who um, uh, gave me braces on the back of my teeth, and I got a li- I developed a lisp, and I couldn't. I'm a voice actor as well, so I couldn't work, and um, all, all these things that he didn't tell me would happen. So I I, I said, well, I want a full refund, and and so I got you know I got a few thousand dollars back now. I needed the therapist to do that. So if I was paying a therapist a hundred a week, uh, you know, so it would have taken 300 bucks to get back a few thousand dollars. So I, I, it, for me, it would be worth paying out of pocket. Right. That shit would stress me out. That shit would have really stressed me out. I, I, oh man. The thought of like, if it would have really have gone to court, would you have gone? I knew it wouldn't because it's uh, not a lot of money for him to refund. Right. And, right. Um, you know, uh, he, he wanted me to come in and sign it there, but I didn't want to see, I, it's really hard for me to like ask for what I want. So I, I was embarrassed to go see him 
knowing that I had emailed threatening a lawsuit. So, so that's why the notary had to come in. So I, I complicated it, but also like, I just knew I don't have it in me to go to the office. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we'll add the extra steps and, and, you know, so that's where the therapist comes in. Cause I'm able to have someone guide me through all that and go, Hey, you know, this, this guy, you're thinking he's your dad. And so like, let's maybe, not not go to the office and just pay the 15 bucks and i i love it i treat it like you know i sit down i have a therapy document i'm at the computer so i treat it like it's the the business of my mind you know why are you um still in new york do you like it there were you were you born there in new york city i was born in uh, new haven connecticut a town adjacent to new haven i used to date a girl up there yeah that did you to get into the pizza game? No, I didn't get into the pizza game. Really? I, was ma- I was making movies, and she was from there. There's a school there. What's the big school there? Like Yale, Yale. or Yale's there? Okay, yeah. yeah. And it's got, it's like a nice town and a scary town. It's got yeah, a hood. yeah. It's got I a mean, hood. It, oh my god, yeah. It was uh, one of the highest murder rates per capita in the country when I lived there. We heard gunshots every night. My yeah dad moved to New Haven, so we lived on the the edge of the Yale campus, but you couldn't really go outside of the Yale campus. Right. So, okay. So, so you, so you, you born, born and raised in New Haven. And then when do you come to New York? Yeah. I mean, I grew up coming in, you know, quite often we were only a 90 minute train ride. New York was always like, it was always this part of my life, but it was, you can't conceptualize as a kid coming in and seeing that city. It, it was like the Wizard of Oz. So it, it was like, I'm never going to live there. I just, ne- it never crossed my mind I was even allowed to live there. Then I started acting, went to college, studied acting. And then it was like, oh shit, if I don't move to New York, where where the hell am I going to move? So so that was it. And, and why did you get into acting? What did you like about it? I think... Um, as I mentioned, I was like just this undisciplined, just maniac of a, of a kid. I would get in fights. I was selling drugs. I was stealing. I was, you know, uh, a slew of things. And then uh, I was going to fail out of high school. I was friends with the acting teacher. We would drink. I would go to his house and drink. And this the, is high school? High school. The good old days. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pu- good old public school. Yeah. And uh, so I signed up for his class because I knew he'd give me an A. He was my friend and I, I, I could get him fired for, you know, I'm, I'm going to his house drinking every night, smoking. And, and so uh, that was it. I took his acting class and we, we got on stage, did some improv and people started laughing. And one day later, he pulled me aside. He goes, you got to you need to go for this. So that was it. It was like one guy just going, you should do this. And then changed my major in college to acting. And then uh, came to New York, started auditioning, doing short films, got into stand up, and then stand up really had had a grasp on me. That that was like, yeah, that was a that was that was the focus, I think. But it are doesn't pay. Doesn't pay. Right. So. Are you still friends with that teacher? No, I actually am trying to find his uh, his uh, information. Um, so would you say he's a, he was a, a good influence in your life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, like, did he believe in you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's complicated because he should not have been drinking right. with a student, but I didn't care about that and I still right. don't. So, right. 
Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's interesting. It, it, that makes for a good movie character. It, it's like the guy that like you, everything about him, you're not supposed to like, because he's like breaking the rules, mm-hmm. but, but, but in, in all, all in all, one of the most powerful things you can do to a young man or a young woman is to believe in them. And we all have those people in our lives at some point or another who, who they, they just believed in us. Yeah. They're just like, wow, you're good at that. And for some reason it hits you like, like, and, and you can't shake it. Holy shit. That yeah. Said I'm good at that. Like, Oh God, I must be good at that. Yeah, it yeah. Like he, he nailed you with that. Yeah, and like, he like uh, stuck what, it on you. What I learned from from Jordan Peterson is like it takes such little um, support. Like pe- humans need such a small amount, uh, but they need it. Even if it's minuscule, it really just is one person. You know, if you have one good friend or one, you know, your partner, whatever it is. So yeah, he offered me just enough to uh, to quite literally make it my life. Um, and my parents were supportive as well, but this this was different. Like having someone pull you in like that, you know. Were your parents workaholics? Interesting. Uh, yes, yes. My dad, I would say yes. He still is. He's a lawyer in West Haven. Um, and I, that's part of it. I grew up working in his law firm occasionally, and I just didn't like how consumed he was by work. And when at home, it was work, work, work. So like, I'm so adverse to, you know, like there's, I haven't done my taxes in two years. They're in there somewhere. Oh shit. That's you scared. You're not no. scared. No, because I also, <laughs> I also, uh, I think I didn't get, I never got in trouble as a kid or even if I got suspended, my parents wouldn't punish me. So I'm, I'm missing a lot of important uh, characteristics. Like I don't have the discipline, but then I'm also not scared of getting in trouble. So, so that happens. I think you do have the discipline though. Now you, you cultivated it. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. It's just, it, I need to, it just needs to be re. Cause and I've done YouTube, my taxes. Um, uh, your YouTube account is so prolific. By the way, if someone wants to go somewhere and be thoroughly entertained, you should go to the Tyler Fisher YouTube channel, and I would start with just watching. Um, I think it's uh, he did it in 2020. He did a stand-up uh, routine, and I and I'd love to get into how you produce that in a second. But that is really good. It's 40 minutes. Um, last night, my wife and I sat on the couch and watched it together. Oh my god! Wow. I don't want to say it's as good as Boney, my wife, but fuck, it was fun. We wow. were la- we were we were laughing our asses off, and then I went and watched after that other renditions of of how you were born. He does a two minute section in this forty minute um, stand up. Is Tyler talking about how he was born, how his parents made him, and uh, you should go through and watch all of those. Those oh, I do. What do I talk about? How you I talk born? about how, how your yeah, how your dad? Oh, made oh, you. oh, right, right, right. I see. I see. It yeah, is yeah, fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. It is so fucking funny. My wife and I were fucking dying. Thank like you, crying. thank yes. you. Yeah, that 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 was like, yeah, that was. Uh, that and you was... have different iterations of it, and it's good. All the iterations are good. It never got old. That was uh yeah that that was a year before the pandemic, and then I just kind of sat on that footage um for a while you know and i didn't really know how to edit that well so i would try to and and, and yeah why did you edit that i noticed there were some edits in it why even edit that oh well that was two different nights oh it was okay i I didn't pick that up okay some of the jokes like some jokes literally i'm cutting back and forth between the nights just because i the delivery's better or 
a laugh covers my line. So I, I kind of surgically went in uh, and, and mixed two nights together. Wow. Well done. Okay. Thank I you. had no Thank idea. You. I had no idea. I could just see cuts and I'm like, Hmm, I wonder what he's doing. I just yeah. pictured, I just pictured you. Did you rent? Well, let's get into it. Did you rent a, a, a studio or rent a room and then just invite your friends? How do you do that? Yeah, I used to do. So I used to host it at that place. It was called the secret is called the secret loft in union square. It's like the perfect comedy venue fits like a hundred people, black box stage is just up high enough, not too high. And so, uh, I thought I'll, I'll, uh, take two nights and the, the purpose was to do an album because this is like a hidden secret is, you, you know, comedians can sell their albums or pitch them to serious radio and then they pick tracks and they pay you every time they play the track. And it's like a great way to make money as living from that. If you have a couple albums out. So that was the goal. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm there already. I hired a film, but that the, the budget of that entire thing you saw was $300. That's what it cost me. What? Total. Total. Yeah. Wait, what city was that in? That's in Manhattan. The secret loft. How do you rent a place for $300 in Manhattan? Well, I already did a show there. So, so I just talked to the guy and said, can I just have, can I do two shows in a row? What a so good I, guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, and so he recorded the sound. I paid a guy $300 to film. Um, I actually made money off of it. I think I made 500 from ticket sales and paid the guy 300. So, so I made 200 to make that. And you know, the time it took to edit and stuff, but you know, right, right, right. You don't have to go crazy with, with a comedy so special. And then so from there, you have the audio and you basically give that audio to SiriusXM and every time they play it, you make money? Yeah, so – And really, you don't have an agent? You do all the legwork yourself? No, I don't have an agent. I uh, Yeah, so I, I I edited, cut it up, cut up the tracks and you, you you then you label the tracks. You say like dog joke, short joke, whatever. You send it to Sirius. All their comedy guys sit around. They listen to these albums and then they pick the tracks they want. They email you and say, we picked this joke, this joke, this joke. It'll play on the dirty station. This one will play on the clean station. This one will play on four. They picked five of my tracks to play on three different stations. And uh, some months I'll make a, I'll just get a check for a thousand dollars. Wow. Uh, but I used a, so if you use a record label, they get half. So I'm really making two thousand a month. They're getting a thousand. So then, what I found out is you can actually do this all on your own. You don't need a record label. If you can yeah. re record it and send it in, you're making a hundred percent. And uh, you know, you imagine you have two, three albums up there. You could be getting two, three, four thousand bucks a month just from SiriusXM. You, you, it's it's fascinating um, the similarities we have. So at 34 years old, I, I was at a friend's house, and I, I guess I wasn't smoking weed at the time. I was at a friend's house, and he had this thing called a, va a vaporizer. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Okay. So for people who don't know, it's basically it heats up the weed, and smoke comes off of it. And then when you're done smoking, like the pile of weed is still there. 
Like, it looks like it's never been smoked. So he has this big pile of weed on his desk, and I didn't smoke at the time. I'm like, hey, what the fuck is this? And he goes, I vaped it already. It's no, it's not weed. And, I was like, and it looked really pretty. I was like, oh, can I dig through it? And he goes, yes, yeah. so I'm just digging through this big pile of weed, and I find this little tiny seed. And I had grown mar- a shit ton of marijuana in a previous life. Ten years mm-hmm. earlier, I had grown like thousands and thousands of plants. So I find the seed, and I'm like, Whoa. hey, can I have this seed? And he goes, yeah, but it won't grow. I've already vaped it. I'm like, cool, it's been like 230 degrees or whatever the fuck it is, and you won't be able to grow it. So I take this seed, and I'm, I'm living at home with my mom, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm still in my 30s. It's not time to move out yet. And I, and I, and I put, and I put this seed in a little tiny pot, and I put a little fluorescent light over it, and the seed starts growing. And so I start taking pictures of the seed every single day, and I make little notes of what I, of what I, uh, of, of, of what's happening, how much water I gave it, when I transplanted it, when I added a second light bulb, and I would take pictures and write down everything I did. And at the very end, I had this plant, and it was probably, I don't know if you can see my hands, it was probably like the size of a giant beach ball, and, it, and I harvested it, and you know, I changed the light cycles, all that shit, and I harvested it, and I got four ounces of weed off of it, and it was surrounded by like 20 fluorescent bulbs at, the point, at that point, oh. right? So I took that, I took that weed and I, and I, and I and got in my motorhome and went down to Santa Barbara and sold the four ounces of weed and lived on the, in my front lawn in my motorhome. But during that time, I took all of those pictures and I assembled them into a book. Okay. And I, and I printed out all the pages and each page looked exactly the same except like the different picture of the plant. And I glued the pages on pieces of cardboard and I made this big thick cardboard book and it was basically like how to grow four ounces of weed in 80 days or whatever I called it. And I gave myself this name and I called myself Seymour Buds. And I still, I think I still have the domain name. Anyway, so I'm just sitting on the book, and it was just like my little art project, right, that I did on the side, and w- while I chased girls and and got jobs on Craigslist filming bar mitzvahs and shit. So, I um, then I saw one day I was reading in the paper that in the city of Oakland, where which was right near my house, that there was a guy there named Ed Rosenthal, and he was the largest publisher in the world of marijuana books. And I was like, oh, okay. So I called him and I said, hey, can I go? Can I come to your house? I want to show you this book I made. So I take this big pile of cardboard that's got like a three ring like holes in it, and I go, here's my book. And they're like, holy shit, this is your book. And I go, yeah. And they're like, do you have it on, on, on a disc? I'm like, no, I just made it. It's my little art, arts and crafts project. They're like, we'll take it. And they've got the book and it's still in publication to this day. And it's, I don't know how it long, but for, I, I don't know, I make a few hundred dollars every month, but for the first couple of years, Whoa. I made a th- I, for the first couple of years, I made a thousand dollars every month. Damn. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then they had me write a second book. It didn't do as well, but it still did well, but Whoa. it was kind of like what you did. Like I was just like, like, like. And all from just this seed I found. And when you have marijuana seeds, I don't know if you're familiar with it. The seed could have been male. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I grew. I grew uh, some plants in high school, actually. Okay. Yeah. So it ended up being. I mean, destiny. Destiny type. Yeah. And to have that kind but of. But kind of uh, your story, right? Kind of to have that passive income is really, you know, it's incredible. It's just. Dude, I could buy a pack of cigarettes and my current wife now, I could go over to her house and I could buy coffee. And like I didn't have to be like panicking if she ordered a latte. I'd be like, yeah, "Yeah, I got money. I got like 50 bucks in my pocket. What? Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Get what you you want, girl. Yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You want to get smoothies afterwards? I got it. it. It's on my weed book. (laughs) Yes, it's on my But you know, that's the thing. If you make stuff and you – there's not – I mean I know there's a lot of artists, but – to really, uh, and I think a lot of artists, the overwhelming majority are um, that creative gene does not 
mix with the business gene. There's, there's typically one or the other. And I really think the only successful artists just have both or have stumbled upon or have an agent who can really do that for them. But right. To, to make something, complete it, bring it somewhere and go, here it is, is really fucking hard for most people. Yeah. You know, I mean, I waited for editing my album. And then when the pandemic hit, I lost, uh, I, I run an Airbnb. So I lost my income there. I lost all my stand-up gigs. And it was purely the survival that forced me to sit down and edit that fucking thing. You know? What do you mean? What do you mean you run an Airbnb? So I live in a five-bedroom house in Brooklyn uh -huh. that I rent from my landlord. She lives below me in the first uh -huh. two floors, and uh, so I've been doing this for eight years with a roommate, and we would Airbnb and rent three rooms all year round. And then uh, she moved out. I took it over, and suddenly I had four bed extra bedrooms and a and a you know rent to pay so so i started doing renting four rooms so i lived with four airbnb guests and then the pandemic hit and they all you know flew back to europe it's a lot of european people um so you don't have any covid fear i had covid uh the first uh week of lockdown march around march 12th uh, so yeah, I mean, I had it and I had it pretty bad, but also it was the first wave when no one knew what it was. So you take a neurotic person, give them a, uh, you know, COVID. When you the had it before all the hype. You had it before it was, um, I had it when people didn't believe me. This is what's so oh, hilarious awesome, to me awesome. is like, I it was it. so early on, you know, everyone was making fun of this thing. I mean, I would get on stage and shake everyone's hand in the whole audience and get up and go, oh, I just got back from Wuhan and everyone, Oh my God, everyone would laugh. And, you know, I'm touching people's faces. I mean, it was like, uh, super he, spreader, super spreader. Even the politicians were like, don't worry about this. You know, Nancy Pelosi, go down to Chinatown support. No one gave a shit or was, or was threatened by it. So I had it and, uh, yeah, I was in bed for two weeks, but also I was, this was back when I was like super liberal and watching CNN every day and MSNBC and the fear mongering was, was almost criminal. Uh, so I was paralyzed. I wrote out, uh, care instructions for my dog. I wrote a living will. I mean, like they really made it seem like this was going to wipe out everybody and they did not make the distinction of age or health or any of that stuff. So it was probably the worst couple months of my life i'd say oh interesting yeah. i just had it i just had it last week a couple weeks ago um it, it, but for me i'm i'm i don't need any added sugar or refined carbohydrates okay so i have a, a bulletproof and i work out every day and i have incredible self-belief i think uh, and i'm narcissistic and all that stuff so like it can't it can't get me so that helps that all yeah. helps yeah um, yeah. But uh, but so you were you you were a liberal too. Oh my God, we're on the same. It, it wasn't even like what happened. How did we become liberal, and then how did we get unliberaled? Well, I I mean, I, I still want to be a liberal. I just can't. I still want to like love trees and like. Well, be you might of... be. You you can. St that that's the thing. It's like 
but I can't do any of the CNN stuff anymore. I can't do any of the feel. I can't like, um, but they're no longer. That's the thing is it. That's what I realized. I don't have to just go along with them and, and go, Oh, this is what liberal is now. They, 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 they've, they've moved so far left that like guys like me appear conservative. People go, Oh, you're conservative. Go, no, they just went far left and I didn't go with them. So if you move the whole treadmill, yeah, now I'm conservative, but, not by definition. So, uh, I was born into it. You know, I, I, I compare it to religion. It, it, it's not even something I thought about, you know, it we, was, were, this, we were indoctrinated. Yeah. This is what my parents believe. This is, yeah. these are the CNN was my dad watched MSNBC every day. So there's part of it. That's nostalgic. I ended up watching morning Joe, uh, the whole pandemic, you know, the first year, and it was probably because I felt closer to my dad when I was watching it. You know, it's, it's right. these things are just built into us. And uh, it takes it takes something to kind of shape. Oh, what the hell was this? What was yeah. I taking part in? Was it hard for you to. Um, was it hard for you to 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 wake up? Was it hard for you to see that? Oh, shit, this something's not right. I, I, yeah, I, I'm on autopilot. Like, I'm, yeah. I, like I need to like rethink a few things. Was that hard? It was really hard, and it was. Um, it all for me started with the uh, with the word diversity. Yeah, and it really started to impact my. Oh, it was a slow build for the last ten years. It wasn't that prevalent early on when I started stand up and acting. Which, thank God, I didn't. It wasn't like, oh, I'm not going to get this because I'm white or they're not going to consider me because I'm white. A few years in, it just started to get a little louder and a little louder. And then I would audition for something and they'd say, well, we prefer diverse people, non-white or whatever. And then, um, and then I lost an agent because of it. I got one of the biggest acting agents in the world. Uh, they brought me in. We're going to get you on SNL. You know, why aren't you famous? What the hell's going on here? And then um, a few months go by. I go, hey, what's going on? I haven't heard from you. And they just write me back exact words. Tough out there for white dudes. Oh, shit. And then they removed me from their uh, database. I got an email and just said, you've been removed. That's so a great shirt. Tough out there for white dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. be an acronym. He didn't okay. even no. He didn't even like capitalize the T or put a period. And I have the email. And yeah, that's uh, beautiful. That that I quit acting for three years. So wow, I wow. quit acting and, for three years. And that's the problem right there. Just so you know, people. Early on in the show, we were talking about how his high school teacher said something that stuck on him and believed in him and propelled him forward. But also, you have to remember when you're able to use someone to push you forward, someone can also hold you back. The the game isn't a one way street. Okay, sorry. Good, good, right. great point. Great point. We were. Right. I was. I was getting all excited it, earlier yeah, about what yeah. a great guy that is. But you got to be. Got to. Yeah. Okay. Well, so also, this guy says the, something that fucking knocks you off your stool. Knocks well, you off it's, your horse. see, the problem is, if it was just this guy, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been a big deal. But this has the this has the force of the of the universe right now. This is this right. is top down. This is the industry sending it to the producers, sending it to the. This is top down, and I started to understand that, which is why I quit because 
I started to hear it so much, the blatant, you know, uh, oppressive white male shaming that I just, it just was everywhere. And I'm in Brooklyn. It's just like every date I was on, I would get a lecture about how bad white I'm going, you know, you're on a date with a white man, you know, like, and, uh, and so that, you know, I also had to trust them too. Right. You know, when someone says we're going to make you famous and we're going to, um, and that was probably the fourth or fifth time it happened with an agent. You know, I'd worked with other people, same thing would happen, but I think it was getting that email, you know, having him actually spell it out for me was like, Oh, this is, this is really, um, it's kind of cool that he wrote. Yeah. It's kind of cool that he wrote that. Thank God. Yeah. Mad props to that dude. And and you know, what's funny though, is, uh, then people became more open and would just tell me explicitly, we can't hire you because you're white or we can't consider you because you're white. And I thought that was even more alarming how comfortable people were. Yeah. Because this, the guy didn't think twice of it. He doesn't know I have this email that I'm going to probably point just to show people what's going on. And, um, so that was it. That was the first, like, wait a minute. And then I would tell my liberal friends or whatever, and they'd go, Oh yeah, well, it makes sense. And I'm, I'm thinking you're willing to use me as a, sac- <laughs> yes. a sacrificial lamb. Like it, it's not just losing an agent. It's like, it's losing the opportunity to, to pursue my dream, which will kill me. Like based on your skin color. Based on my skin code. <laughs> now, if it was because you were short, I'd be okay with it. I understand that. Yeah, understand yeah. That. Well, yeah. Women want to fuck big dudes. People want to hang around big guys. It's genetically programmed into us. They're bigger, faster, stronger, more intelligent. Well, I don't know more intelligent, but better looking, can bigger dicks. Oh, they got all the good shit. They're big, giant. I, I understand that. But skin yeah. color, like I'm only 5'5". Five, five. I understand why women want big dudes. I get it. I would. I, I think a woman who's six. One sounds great. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, but yeah. Uh, but color, but 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 I'll take them black, white, or other. Right. But to judge you on your skin color is crazy. Unless it's a role it's cra- like like Jamie Fox playing Ray Charles. Okay, yeah, we want a black guy. Yes, no one's gonna yes. dispute that. You know, God, isn't Jamie that- Fox good? He's he's so good, man. He's probably yeah. he he definitely was an inspiration. Uh, if you would have said you, if you would have said, "Hey, you saw Jamie Foxx play Ray Charles, and so you quit acting," I'd understand that. But, but, but not because you're white. Yeah. Man, well, fortunately, fortunately, I had a knack for impressions. So I think deep down, when I saw him do that, I, I thought, "Oh, if I do impressions, it'll get me to this point where I can do them in movies." You know, that was the that was kind of the motivation to to do the impressions. You could, be fa- you could do Fauci. Oh yeah. shit! Oh shit! You're a young Fauci, just c- because your impersonation of Fauci is fantastic, and you probably have the same build as him. Yeah, I, I do. bet you Fauci. Yeah. I bet you Fauci has a good body. Well, that's the he does. He does. And that's the thing. I you know there's there's a lot of opportunity to play roles like that, and and this is also what's funny is people will reach out to me to audition for things when they need a voice match. Yeah. So it's funny that suddenly they'll go, oh, wait, skin color doesn't matter. I just auditioned for Muhammad Ali's voice. And so it's, it, 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 it's a house of cards. It's fraught with, with, with contradictions that suddenly they'll go, oh, wait, 
we need the best guy for this job. So skin color doesn't matter. So, you know, they're willing to, to, to pick and choose when they're going to discriminate. But, uh, yeah, that, that fucked me up really bad. And, um, and it happened again, it happened again, uh, a few months ago, another major comedy management company reached out and they said, we saw your stuff. They sent someone out to come watch me do stand up. They got, we got on the phone and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there going, Oh man, they're going to sign me. You know, they said, we can get you to audition for Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is my all time favorite show. So I, I make the call and they said, we have some bad news. Uh, we accepting white men. And so. Dude, that's hit, so awesome, though, that they're telling you that. I have to tell so you. They're so but I, but dumb. They're so dumb. But I kind of like it. Don't you kind of like it that they're that they're just saying it like that? Like in the sense that – well, first of all, do you think they're being honest? Do you think maybe that – like what if they just think you suck and, and they, they don't have the guts to tell you so they want to blame it on your skin? No, 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 no. This, this – and I really made sure uh, – and I recorded it because – I, because this, you're litigious. Is, because you're litigious. We've already we've already established. Yeah, that. but this this is like your son, right? What if he wants yeah. if he if he wanted to be an actor and and let's say you left the room and he, and, he, and he's a Jew. My wife's a Jew. He's fucked. Doesn't matter. And I'm yeah. and, I, and I'm Armenian. <laughs> and he's going to be short. He's going to be short white Armenian. Well, Jew. He's the fucked. Armenian thing and, could and help Harry him. and Harry. Yeah. All of those things could help. Uh, okay, with, good. With, with eth- ethnic amb- ambiguity, but anyhow, so uh, I, I'm agent, starting agent. to collect this stuff because I feel yeah. so. I have 15 years. I have a resume. I got on TV. I have good roles. I I'm a good at 12 years of stand-up experience. I've got a jam-packed resume, but when I show it to them, skin color goes to the top. So if I quit after having the world behind me and the support of famous actors and comedians who were, who vouched for me to get this manager. What, what is a, a young boy going to do or young girl going to do? They're not even going to bother going to acting school. Why would they? The, 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 the society is literally saying, you're not going to have a chance. We're not going to consider you. And it, it, without hope, I mean, you, you're acting and comedy drives on hope. This is a sh- stupid career move. I mean, 99%. So when you remove that hope, there, there's no point in pursuing it. So I'm and you're, you're a successful, you're a successful starting up. You're a successful actor, comedian, and you still can't make a living doing it. You still have to run an Airbnb. And, and by every other metric, you're successful. Right. So I was, yeah, I was on TV. I was playing, doing guest stars and co-stars. I big YouTube channel. I still, well, that just, that happened in the last couple months. So I wasn't making any money on YouTube. I'm still, you know, not making much, but, but to then have the, well, we're not going to consider you because you're white thing. It's like, I just threw in the towel. So, uh, I plan on speaking out on this a lot more because I, I need people to actually hear these people saying out loud racist, discriminatory things, which have become socially acceptable. And it's it's just very alarming. So that's what? when I sought out other other views. I go, I just like I needed the support of that acting agent, I needed someone to say to me, 
hey, that's racist and discriminatory. Like I didn't even allow myself to think this was bad because I was so brainwashed. And then I heard Jordan Peterson in a lecture say, this is racist. And I go, holy shit, I needed someone to say that so bad. I needed support. And that's when I started to listen to other opinions, you know, conservatives and Republicans. And I'm not now Republican or conservative, but it was only people on that side who were saying this is wrong no matter who is being discriminated against. And I was like, wow, you seldom hear that. Yeah. Um, we are, you were, you were on Colbert and John Oliver. I was on Colbert just doing a sketch. I acted in a sketch and I was on last week tonight acting in a sketch. Both were because I knew people that worked for the show who just reached out to me directly. Two amazingly talented people, but, but, but does your heart break when you see how lost they are? Like when you see them making fun of things that like you can see now the veneer, like like that their humor is a veneer on a sad truth that needs to be told. Do do you know what I'm referencing? Like it's, um, uh, who, who, there's a guy, um, the, the black guy, uh, Trevor Noah. I used to really like him, and now when I watch him, I see oh he's he's a he's a child. He's making fun of people that that he's making fun of a situation that's that's not really there. He's making fun of his own delusions of grandeur, and I'm like shit. These guys like have lost their way. They're so their shtick is so built on making fun of the right that they they um they're unable to think logically anymore. And do you ever yeah. feel bad for them? Like you're like, oh my god, Trevor, you're so talented. Oh my god, Colbert, you're so talented. But like, and, and yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. You almost saw what's his name, John Stewart. You almost saw him go on. Uh, you almost saw him unfuck uh, Colbert. Like he threw Colbert a lifeline because it does look like Stewart might be waking up. And oh, I love yeah. John Stewart too. I love well, John Stewart. I mean, I like well, all those guys. I just feel they're so lost right now. Well, you also have to. You have to sort of um, step back and, and John Stewart, what he said and did on that show was not outrageous or anything, you know, no. but that when you weigh it against how crazy the others have gone, you go, wow, John Stewart really took a risk. He didn't. That, and that's what's scary, really. You know, he didn't do He just challenged what every comedian has done since the beginning of time, which is challenge something when someone goes, this is how it is. This is how it is. This is how it is. You go, wait a minute. What if you, what if we flip it upside down? Uh, the fact that that seemed extreme on those shows, I think really, really uh, lifted the veil on how far gone they are. Yeah. And, and just, a, just an arm of the, the democratic party really And this. Did you see the, um, the climate change night last night or two nights ago? No, those guys are out of their fucking mind too. So, so all of the late night hosts, Samantha B, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, they all oh, got poor together. Jimmy Kimmel and poor Howard Stern. There are two other ones I feel so bad for. So they you Howard Stern has at- ruined his life. His he's ruined his life. Go ahead. Sorry. Go on. Climate. The climate change. I have thoughts comedian. on Howard Stern, but uh, they all got together the night dedicated to climate change so on each individual late night show the whole show was trying to shame people into fixing the climate and it was like what the fuck is this you know isn't this just state tv isn't this just 
you know, and someone, someone uh, uh, made the example, what if they all got together to, to promote building the wall? It would have been the same type of feeling, you know? Um, but now Howard Stern, what happened? He, he just went off on the unvaccinated, right? Well, well that, but about two years ago. So this is gonna be really pretentious of me to say to you, although I say it on my show all the time and on my Instagram all the time, I apologize if it comes off pretentious to you. There is not a single healthy person has died from this SARS-CoV-2. What do I mean by that? I mean that anyone who does not eat added sugar or refined carbohydrates has not died. Zero, not one. You cannot find one. The leading correlate of all premature death is obesity. If you do come down with, you have, um, if you do eat sugar, your bloodstream is filled with hormones, primarily like insulin and leptin, things like that. When your bloodstream is filled with hormones, your NK cells and your T cells cannot perform their duties. And what are their duties? To basically kill anything that's not wanted in your body. And they can do it with – you can go on YouTube and watch videos. They can kill cancer. They can kill all viruses. They are amazing. But if you eat shit – you will fuck up the whole process. It's like this, and people people think, oh, everything's okay in moderation. No, a little bit of peanut butter in your dad's gas tank of his Maserati is not okay, not even a little bit. And so you have to realize we live in this society where we flip the script. They think that like the rhetoric of eating healthy is, is, is extreme. It's not. The extreme is drinking a Mountain Dew. It's so fucking extreme. Mm. The extreme is consuming. There, there wasn't raw sugar a hundred years ago, mm. and we and we know and we know this going back. I'll tell you one more quick thing on the subject. And, and uh, Hitler was obsessed with people dying of cancer. He was obsessed mm-hmm. with him dying of cancer, and he wanted to take over the Ukraine and kill all the people there and make it one giant field of organ, organic produce. And why? Because he panicked because of cancer. Well, why were people dying of cancer? Because of industrialization, and they just started eating sugar. Well, now. For the last hundred years, we've been on this chase to cure cancer. There is no fucking cure for cancer, you fucking morons. Just like there's no fucking cure for pregnancy. If you don't want to get pregnant, don't sit on dick. If you don't want to get cancer, don't put sugar in your mouth. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm a, a little bit of hyperbole. It's not a hundred percent. Like you yeah. could roll over on a wet spot on the sheets and get pregnant, and you could get cancer. Like if you t- if you taped your cell phone to the side of your head for twenty years. But but in general, they've they're they're it's not. We don't need to add something to the mixture to be saved from SARS. You have to stop put, doing bad shit to yourself. You're poisoning your fucking self. Yeah, and they don't. That that that's. And that's no one wants part. to acknowledge. And no one wants no. to acknowledge that. I, f- I forget how I got off on that tangent, but I have to do it in every show. And Howard so, Stern. Howard Stern. So so Howard Stern has all. He's so wealthy. He can have the ultimate cook. He's very thin. He's got his own best coaches in the world. He's got hundreds of millions of dollars. And this fucking moron. It's as dumb as what Trump did. When Trump got SARS, he should have fucking hired a trainer and lost 50 pounds. That would mm-hmm. have been awesome. Awesome. Instead, he, he took the, the – he, like he could have been an example for us all, right? Same thing with Stern. He can be an example for us all to be like, guys, it's okay. Take care of yourself. Take personal responsibility. Personal, and instead, he's promoting the fear. And what fear is, is fear is the first manifestation of selfishness. Selfishness is the opposite of selflessness. And so he has this, he's permeated with selfishness. And why is fear selfishness? Well, it's the same thing like if you're crossing the street and someone honks a horn, you become 100% selfish because you, you become in survival mode, right? 
and that's mm-hmm. okay. I'm not saying it in a negative way, but Stern has so much fear. And it, but before he had that fear, he was just the most selfish person ever. And you can you know that you can listen to him. You can tell his staff hates him. He's funny. You can tell working there's a fucking horrible thing because you make forty two thousand a year and he makes hundreds of millions a year. But people do it because of the clout and still wanting to climb on top. And I get all that. But now that he's been pushed to the brink with this, with this epidemic, all his fear is manifesting as um, all his selfishness is manifesting as fear and it's gross and it's pathetic and hate fear and hate. You know, yes, that's for the yes. fear. You just, if you don't want to face it, you, you put a mirror up and it, and it projects hate back on people. But he's yeah. now he, I know is a pretty extreme germaphobe. Yes. And um, <laughs> as was Hitler. Yes. And a lot of um, dictators. And there's a I'll, – I'll, I'll try to find it and send it to you, but Jordan Peterson d- uh, has a, a, a discussion with a guy who's linked these atrocities in history with the level of, um, I, I guess, uh, a germophobic neuroses, uh, which then ends up turning into – you know, with Hitler, the, we have to. He, he originally was what going to go in and clean all the ghettos, right? All the Jewish ghettos, and then it turned into well, put them in jails, and then uh, shower them, shave their heads, and just kill them. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, this guy had such a precise sort of link to that with with the way people were mass executed, and it, and a, it, a lot of it always ties to parasites and viruses. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I saw that talk. So I could kind of understand, even if people aren't conscious of what they're doing right now, but it's like we already turned the unvaccinated to the pandemic. And Biden said that, which is so alarming. And I I can't believe people aren't focusing on that. How about Canada? How about Trudeau? I know it's crazy. But to call, I mean, Biden said the words, the only pandemic now is the pandemic of the unvaccinated. I mean, that is. That is such a first incorrect and cruel thing to do. You just turned a third of the country into the virus. And when you call somebody a a deadly virus, well, now you can do whatever the hell you want to do to them. Right, right. To save the rest. So, right. It's alchemy, alchemy, and it's alchemy through words. It's all, it's all, it's all, this whole life is a word game. This whole we know where this leads. We know where it leads. And I'm not like going, oh, it's going to be another Holocaust. But but you can see the exact overlap between what's happening now and what happened in the very beginning of the Holocaust, which was we got to clean this virus and the people are the virus. Um, do you ever get concerned that this stuff will make it? Like, so my mom's like, oh, I like it so much better when you're funny, Savon. I wish you'd be funny. I like it when you're funny on your Instagram. I wish you weren't always talking about obesity and, and sugar. And I like it when you're funny. Do you ever get concerned that – I mean you seem to be doing amazing. Your Instagram is funny as shit. Um, and, and so is your YouTube channel, Tyler Fisher, for those who don't know. Tyler Thank you. Fisher. Um, do you ever get um, concerned that this is going to make it so you're not funny? Like I heard you say uh, you're saving all of these emails or these times when people say it to you. But maybe you should only be saving them to do – to create more stand-up, to create more sh- uh, sketches. Well, back to not labeling, labeling myself a comedian. You know, right. uh, when like I tweet- – You don't want to be an activist, do you? You want to be a comedian. Comedian so much more fun. Activist seems like – Well – there's a duty involved here, right? It's like I, all my dreams were crushed and not to say like, I'm like, 
that so that sketch that I made was the first bit of acting I've done since the three and a half years since I quit. So that the was one with the, the band, the one with the band aids. Yes, that yeah, was the so first time so I have acted. In so so so, look at what I missed out on three and a half years. I stopped. Uh, it, that's you know that's that's heartbreaking, right? It's like what would I have made? Yes. So again, back to my point of who else is going to miss out on their their dreams and their creations, and they're going to throw their scripts out because they go, "Well, I'm white. I'm not wanted." There's a. I, I feel like I have a duty, and and I don't have to become an activist. I can stick with what I'm doing, and even if it's one out of ten times, I put up a post and go like. Because there's something powerful in um, not turning that into a joke and just going, hey, here's a phone call with me and a manager. They will not work with me because I'm white and just leave it there. You know, that that's just kind of placing it and letting people make their decision. And uh, there's something in me that just knows I'm going to have to do that at some point. And I can still make a joke about it. I can still make a sketch and maybe just read those lines verbatim, uh, which I've done before. I was thrown off a podcast for being white, and all I did was do a sketch where I played both roles going, hey, I want to have you on the podcast. Sorry, you're white. And that's all I did. And I got so many messages from that. And uh, you got I did, Which podcast did you get thrown off of? I got, I got um, uninvited on two podcasts and I'm not going to say the name cause I, I, I just try not to do that. Yeah. Sure. You know, fair, 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 fair. Uh, they were both pretty big. One was a, a lesbian who, um, and I say lesbian because it was a lesbian podcast or an LGBTQ podcast. A, le- a lesbian is like, that's when you have a vagina and you want to be intimate with other vaginas. As yes. Opposed to penises. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and again, I don't give a shit who's a lesbian, who's gay. Of course not. It, 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 with comedy, it's like, are you funny? Are you nice? I want to work with you. Right. Um, I had this person open for me for my special. I've always supported her. And she invited me on her podcast. My, we won't go into this now. My dad is gay, and she knows that. So I have jokes about that. So she said, you know what? Is that why your parents got a divorce? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's a, good, that's a good, well, that's a good reason. Yeah, they should, they probably would have anyways, you know, but, but, uh, she invites me on her podcast and she's blowing up. This girl's becoming famous. And I was so touched because she said, look, I usually don't have straight people on, but I'm, I, you know, who cares? But I, but I don't believe you that you're straight. So come on. Mark. Yeah. You're, you're a huge fag. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, you're, who are you kidding? Yeah. So she invites me on to promote my album. And then right after the George Floyd thing happened, she texted me and said, sorry, I can no longer have on straight, straight men on the podcast. And I was crushed. I probably cried. You know, like I don't get a lot of opportunity. Uh, you should have sent a picture of yourself with a dick in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I should have. Can you imagine what are you saying about? that to someone? I will not have you on your podcast because of the color of the skin and what kind of genitalia you like to sit on your crotch. No, it's I can't because nuts. I 
I, because I, I would be canceled. I would be that would ruin my life if I did that and someone posted the screenshot. Hey, Tyler Fisher said no more blacks on the show. You know, it's well, you know, what is interesting about what you've done. And, and so so when I got fired from my job at, at CrossFit, it was it, a large part of it was for something the New York Times published about me that was um, completely out of context and a fucking lie. And um, but the best part about that is, is now I can say I can just tell the truth. Ding, 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 and, ding, ding. And so That's I've it. created I've created There's my own gift. I've created my own like economy and I'm so free and I get so many DMs saying thank you for for talking about this because I'm in a circle of people where I'm scared to death to talk about it. And the, and it's like I mean it's I cannot fucking believe how many DMs I get every single day about it. Even my guest yesterday at the end of the show thanked me. Hey, for all because because I my thing is is like I don't care. I really don't care if you're racist or sexist or I don't care. Like I don't care if you're not only do I not care if you're gay or straight. I don't care if you hate gay or straight people. Like I really don't care. The part where now finally where I've had to draw the line is is if you want to stick a needle in my kid. Can't can't do that. Yeah. Now 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 like like really I can't do that. Like really, 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 I can't do that. Like the same way I need to eat and breathe. You, if you, you cannot approach my kid and force my kid to get an injection, or else something very bad is going to happen. And so that's kind of where I've drawn the line in the sand because I see that happening places where they're forcing kids to get injections. So, so I, I, um, I'm free. I'm free now. I can say whatever I want. I'm free. Like I, I'm not. Uh... Uh, I can use it for I, positive. I, I can use it for positive force of love and acceptance for everyone. Well, well, yeah. I feel like the gloves are off now and not in a violent yeah. way, in a way like, okay, all of my friends who I thought were my friends literally said, you know, not only uh, can you not do our podcast, we understand why you're not getting work and we don't care. I, I don't, I'll, I don't get like, there's nothing to lose now. I mean, I can't even yeah. get into the industry. So I'm no longer worried about what I say. Right. You know, it was a painful few years, but well worth it because I was terrified to even talk about my dad being gay on stage. I mean, I really like I played it safe on stage for for 10 years. And now and now I can't even perform in comedy clubs in New York. So it's like I really don't give a shit. I mean, it, it, what, what a if, gift. Are you are you Jewish? I'm like uh, just part, like twelve percent or something. I was gonna say you got it. You got to like lie. Then you should say that like your mom is black and your dad is Jewish. <laughs> for what? For for to not have to. So you can get on stage. Oh oh well I you know I thought about faking it but I decided I if I lie and say I'm vaccinated then I'm just. De Blasio wins, you know. So yes, yes. I, I, I'm I'm toying with maybe I get but your you, feedback, but I'm toying with making more of a formal announcement online, just saying like, "Hey, I'm not performing anywhere that requires the vaccine," just to say because people aren't standing up for this, and yeah. Uh, yeah. all these comedy clubs that I've spent twelve years getting into, I'm now not allowed in the front door. So it's like. Another gift, right? Because you could put a lot of weight in the comedy clubs. It, it, it becomes people's higher power. Oh, my God. Did the seller, are they going to take me? What if I don't get the seller? What if they don't, you know, oh, my God, I didn't get booked this week at the seller. It possesses people. 
And now I don't even give a fuck if I never perform anywhere in New York again. So like right. that offered me a, new, a, a the next level of freedom I, I couldn't even imagine having a year ago. So uh, six years ago, you made a video um, going into an Apple store and pretending to be a clerk. And it, it, from what I could tell, it was your first big breakout on your YouTube channel. It was six years ago. Was that your first big video? That, like, so contraction. And, and I were actually, you scared making that? Because yeah. it gives me – oh, good. That makes me feel better. Because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. watching you in there, and I'm watching it. And although I'm thoroughly enjoying it, I have anxiety the whole time. Like I'm watching a <laughs> zombie movie. Yeah, yeah. So I made – for a different company. So, the, uh-huh. so that video got millions of views, as did other ones. The company uh, then decided this doesn't fit with our brand. They removed the videos, but I said, can I have them and put them on my page? So they, they got, it got another couple hundred thousand when I put it up. But uh, uh, th- that was my misstep was I was making those for other people, which okay. is why my YouTube page never blew up. But, but I was a starving actor, and they were giving me 200 bucks to go do these things. Right, right. I, I did that for 200 bucks. So, um, how long did it take to shoot that? We went into four Apple stores. Uh, we probably did 30 minutes to an hour in each one. Did you get kicked out of all of them? No, I only got kicked out of one because I had an Apple shirt on. They did. They didn't know we were filming. They just said, Oh, you can't have the uniform on. Um, so you could either take the shirt off and, and, you know, or, or, or leave, but no, I didn't get, no one approached me. Wow. Those no were so, those were so fucking good. Those were fun, man. I know. I, 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 they're so goddamn scary that, you know, like it really, because I am high in neuroticism, those, those videos, like, ugh, the, I kind of black out a little bit. Yeah. I go into a flow state really. Yes. Yes. But I know that they get so many views. So it's like, you know, it would be worth like I'm going to do one more um, uh, as a canvasser in in New York, which won't be as intense where I get people to sign for, you know, insert woke cause right now. I think, you know, that would be a really easy video to to shoot um, outside. Yeah. And so so that one and then you did one at um, Whole Foods. And then the other one that was just fucking hilarious was the one where you say that um, Hillary Clinton pulled out of the campaign. Oh, that that. Yeah, that. Um, how do you, that- do you are you just taking a shit and you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to dress <laughs> right now. I'm going to call my buddy with the camera and I'm going to go like, how do you come up with that? Well, that was some. Um- I think I've okay, so it all it'll tie together a little bit. I think all the like the 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 white shame and white hating stuff was starting to and I started to see people in the Midwest or whatever um starting to like Donald Trump. And it was again back to like people need such little uh, uh um encouragement and I'm going, wait, this guy's giving them the, the encouragement that no one else is giving them because they're being shamed for who they are. And I started telling people, guys, I think Trump's going to win. And I got my ass ripped apart by the liberals in New York. They wouldn't even let me be, start that conversation. And I was like, no, he, he's going to win. I was certain and nobody would talk about it. So I go, you know what? Let me just make this video 
and to show them what's going to happen because they're not prepared for this. Like people are going to fucking have a meltdown. And they did. That was the motivation of the video. Go out, say that uh, Hillary Clinton dropped out to go, hey, guys, this is actually what's going to happen. So that that was completely that I made that because I wasn't able to talk about it. And then do you do, do you have a, a homeboy like you just like you come up with the idea and you call your boy whatever and you're like hey Carl uh, um, can you bring your camera I want to go shoot a video and he's like yeah he's like, will you buy me will you buy me coffee and you're like yeah I, I got coffee and lunch today is it like yeah, that yeah D, yeah I'll buy a decaf uh it's like I I I've, I've used to do a lot of commercials and little sketches for companies or whatever so typically if I jived with somebody and they would go hey if you ever need something filmed. So each video is like a different production company or a guy that shoots corporate bullshit who wants to get into comedy. So he goes, Hey, I have access to all these cameras, you know, uh, let's do it on a Saturday. I'll go and steal them. You know, I've done. So you don't have a guy. I, uh, no, no. Right now, uh, the guy that shot the vaccine video, um, he reached out, said, I'm moving to New York. I'm available anytime to shoot. So right now, me and him, you know, we'll be working together until he can't. Why? But why I need a team. Find, I do need a yeah. team. I, why I'm can't ready we for find? That. Why can't we find guys? So <clears throat> I do this podcast every single day, and I'm going to do 500 episodes. And I have access because I have that blue check mark. I can DM people like you who are um, have less followers than me, and they'll jump on. Like my range is, and obviously this is part tongue in cheek, but my range is, is if you have less than five hundred thousand followers, and I DM you with my ninety three thousand followers, there's a good chance you'll come on. And so basically, I just interview people who I want to interview. People are like, what's the story of your show? I'm like, I'm just. I'm, I'm averse. I'm, I kind of am averse to social interaction, but so that's kind of why I do it because I want to face that fear. But then, I, hey, I just want to call this guy Tyler and talk to him because he's he's funny as shit, and I think comedy's awesome. And um, so um, so I've just been doing that, but I can't find a guy. Like I can't find anyone who's like just wants to do it the way I want to do it. Like 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 um, one of the one of the guys I was doing a producer. My show with, what do you mean a producer? No, I have a producer. My producer actually, I was never going to do a podcast, and I had an old podcast. And my current producer said, "Hey, remember that old podcast you had?" And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, you had a guest on, and that guest said some shit that made it so my business is super successful. And now I have a shitload of money, so I want to pay it forward to you." I'm like, "No, I don't oh. need anything, but thank you." And he goes, "No, seriously." I want to pay it forward to you. I'm like, no. And he goes, I want you to start your podcast up again. I'm like, no. And he goes, I'll do all your scheduling for you. I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. So I'm like, okay, I will start the podcast up again and I'll do 500 podcasts. So that's what I'm doing. I'm racing to 500. Okay. So, but I have two other guys on the team and they're like, uh, and and they're still kind of on the team, but they're just not all in. Like they say, like, like they don't want to do these podcasts with you because it's at seven in the morning or they have to work out or they don't want to do a podcast. that's like at midnight. They're just not like, like I want guys who are like, I, 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 like, like, well, how come I can't find anyone who's just like, fuck it. I'm going to like, like, like I would have done that. You know what I mean? Like, like well, I, I mean, to be honest, I did this because I thought you were Mark Marin, but I'm dyslexic, oh, so I damn couldn't. It. I, damn I it. saw the M and the <laughs> and the N, and I go, I'm doing Marin today, and they go, that's amazing. Oh, 
You can still say that. You can still say that. <laughs> lie, 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 lie. Oh, okay. Well, it sounds so why, like why this... can't we find guys? Why can't you just find a guy who's like, well, oh my God, Tyler Fisher's the next big thing. Tyler, call me anytime. I'll make videos for you and just like show their loyalty to you and get on your jock. Like, how come I can't find? How come well, can't that's find a big ask. Who I mean, to... it, it sounds it? like you're being a little unreasonable having okay, them tell me, be, tell me. be, it sounds like you want someone on call rather than. I just want someone who's all in like me, like who has like no life. Experience. Yeah, but they're not you, though. They're not you. So yeah, the motivation for That's you is part. you own the show. You're going to be the guy. So yeah, you're not going to find someone that matches your motivation. Now, I would say maybe you have to be a little flexible with the time you record it. Yeah. I mean, basically what I'm doing is, is I've just said, or are you paying them? Are you paying? No, them? no, no, no. There's no money in this. I'm not paying them. Okay, I mean, so that's I, a big, I mean, that's a big I mean, I, I mean, I bought factor. one of them a brand new computer. I gave another one $3,000, but there's no, like, I'm not giving them like, like you're not, it, it's just because they needed it. I'm not paying right, right. them like, well, if you're um, not, that's a big, that's something I learned a lot is like, if I can pay someone to do it, right. hundred percent do that because then you're hiring them to do a job. It gets a little, there's a lot of gray area when it's, you know, a lot of people will say, Hey, will you do this thing? Cause it'll get a lot of views. So like, I don't do that anymore. I don't, I did that for years. I don't do things for the possibility of exposure. So, you know, you're going to need someone who you, you just, ha it, it, there has to be really good incentive, which is like X, Y, or Z will happen if, if, you know, if you jump on board or, or you'll get, you'll get an intern credit at your college or something, but there's so many podcasts and doing things. So it's hard now to go, Hey, this'll be on serious in a year. If we do 500, if I lived in fucking New York, I hear you, by the way, if yeah. I lived in fucking New York, I would find you, I would give you my information and I would say, Tyler, I'm ready to film with you on a moment's notice whenever the fuck you want. And I'm a great filmer, by the way. I've made, I've made a bunch of movies. I have over 10 movies under my name, directing, producing, filming, all that shit. I filmed in over 100 countries and 49 states. Um, but anyway, um, and, and, I'm, and I'm cool and neurotic. Um, but if I live by you, I would, I would fucking get on your jock. I'd well, I got shit. Th this guy, Alex, it, he is and that so why guy. Are, he, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. You I mean, deserve yeah, we, it. You deserve it. It should be a 25-year-old kid who wants to make a name for himself. We've already filmed twice. You know, I filmed a sketch, a cooking show at my house, a fake cooking show. Then we filled the vaccine. It, it's really on me now. I, so, so this is another interesting thing about like having a following grow that fast or even having a following. Yeah. It's, it's humans can't conceptualize that. You can't go, okay, I have a hundred thousand people watching me, expecting something, uh, messaging me. So like, now I, again, and I told you I wasn't that disciplined. So like over the last week, I've had thousands of messages come in. So I'm honored I had to, by the way you responded to mine. I, I had, <laughs> well, I, again, I told you who I thought you were. Uh, I, I had to go through to see like a guy like you, is someone have a, a podcast or is someone offering a job? I, I don't like, I really do not have money right. Right. So I had to, I had to put some people do, you know, I had to put like my next sketch aside and then this was a draining week. So like I have to get back. It's so I'm, my point is it's on, I'm taking personal responsibility. It's on me. This guy's ready with the camera. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, it's just, it's a lot. It's, 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 it's a confusing to have a, a, a following. It's great. It's the goal, but it's also like, you know, it's a lot of carrots being dangled, even like beautiful women, like getting hundreds of messages from young, beautiful women who aren't vaccinated, who are going, Oh my God, thanks for that video. You're cute. You know, why aren't don't you li- do it? Don't do it. You're too no, busy. No, no, don't exactly. Give away. Don't no, do no, 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 no. Stay focused. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but it's like, <laughs> I still have to go through all. Yes. You like, must vet them and spend a few minutes on their Instagram account, seeing if they're really as pretty as they are in their profile <laughs> picture. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's so the dis the discipline thing. Do you is, have is a girlfriend? Everything. Yes. No, I don't have a girlfriend. No. I have crazy discipline. I, that's crazy. great. I do crazy. not. I do not. I, I, I don't I, believe you. I think you do. No, no, no. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, so I, uh, but I'm again, this is why I, I invested in this. Yeah. To have this battleship where like this isn't connected to my other computer. So like, you know, I, I try not to watch pornography anymore. If I slip up, it's not connected to this. Like I wanted a clean workspace and, uh, you know, it's so, so I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But do you, when, when you buy something like that, do you feel an obligation for it? Like when I was in my twenties and I, um, and I bought a video camera, that's how I got into filming. I was like, I was, I was homeless basically. And I, and I had this job and I had this paycheck that was making $7 an hour that I told you about. And I had saved thousands of dollars and I went to circuit city and I bought a video camera, but I felt this obligation to it. Okay. I spent all this money. Now that you bought that computer, do you feel an obligation to do a bunch of create a bunch of cool shit or else do you feel like the money went to waste? Well, I think I had proven myself because I was doing all of this stuff on that little computer. It's like, okay, I did 30 episodes of my podcast with this slow, terrible machine. Ah, yes. The the sketches are written. I've got the guy to film. Okay. I I now, to do that vaccine sketch, now I had this 27-inch fast thing, and that's part of the reason that sketch was so good. It wouldn't have been so good on my old one. So I, I just, I know myself well enough now to go, okay, you're not exploiting this. You're ready for it. And you're going to up your game and, and and don't put pressure. Don't, don't say now that I have this great machine, I'm going to be great. You know, it's just gonna, I need this to match where I am now. You know, what was the guy's name? Mark Marin. Mark Marin. Is that his name? You don't know Mark Marin. Oh man. Now you're embarrassing me. Oh shit! This guy, Rancho Cordova, homeless people, gray hair with a no. I, I must have the wrong Mark Marin. Wait, I you do really not know who Mark Marin is? I don't, Tyler. I'm sorry. Oh, he's got one of the biggest podcasts in in the world, and he looks like you. Oh shit! That, there's hope, Mark. Mark Marin. Am I uh, spelling his name wrong? No, you're, it doesn't matter if you don't know who he is because you're you're doing shit with your life. It's like, uh, oh, up. I do see him. Yes, yes. I will whoop that dude's ass. I'm I I work out and shit. I'm five five hundred and fifty five pounds of forty nine years old of of. I mean, yeah. you you you, yeah, you definitely resemble him for sure. I do. Sure. I do. He had Obama on. Yeah, another, another massive disappointment. I voted for Obama. I campaigned. I flew to Florida. Yale yeah. flew me to Florida to campaign. You'll burn Obama. in hell for that. You'll burn in hell for but that. But I didn't vote for him because I couldn't vote. I traded my vote to go uh-huh. campaign. So oh. so I could say I never voted for Obama, which makes me racist. 
Yeah, Mark yes. Maron has one of the biggest no, podcasts being, of all time. Being, but I, no, being white makes you racist. Sorry. Oh, that's true. Not not because you didn't vote for Obama. That's true. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> I have to um, get in my car and drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to. For, for their, no, no, I got to go. No, no, you no, can't. I, I, I actually also do. I got to do. No. A, I have to do uh, who Aziz and Zari's voice or something. Um, I really appreciate your time. Um, I'm going to email you and ask you gently for your phone number. Sure, sure. Um, I would like to be um, like friends with you. We can test that out. Yeah. I always thought it was. I th- always thought it was stupid when I see little kids in the park who walk up to my kids and say, "Can yeah. I be your friend?" I'm like, "That's yeah. fucking ridiculous." But sure, sure. But now here I am at 49 years old saying. I'll have to, yes, we can test it. I'll talk to my therapist and we'll, awesome. we'll do arrange any, some. Do you have any Armenian friends? I'm 100% Armenian. I don't think so, but that could help my image right now. Yes. yes. No, nothing can. Trust me. I got the gay dad. I got all that. None of it matters. It's, it's, none of it matters. But uh, there, there should be an exemption of like, um, of things. Like if you're white and you need like, <clears throat> but you had a gay dad, but you, you know, you have, you had hair on your back it, at 12 years old. Like there should be some things like I that, almost, like, it almost worked, you know, like it yeah. almost got me on the lesbian podcast. It almost got me on this Indian one. And yeah. then they go, I'm sorry, we're out of time. We're, uh, <laughs> so, but, but, you know, now I literally can say anything. Like I, I used to be afraid to do, you know, an Indian accent or an Asian, I, I mean, do not to be afraid, my friend. Uh, not to not be afraid. Uh, well, buddy, it's, it's so good to meet you. Up and uh, you know, you'll find someone to help you out. Just uh, give them a couple bucks. And we're no longer live.